0: Support for Talking Art on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank & Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm Talking Art today with Joseph Obleton and Karen Roebuck, co-directors of the gospel song play, Black Nativity, which will be performed this weekend at the Playcrafters Barn Theater in Moline. Welcome, Joseph and Karen. Thank you for having us.
1: Thank you for inviting us.
0: Black Nativity was written by the acclaimed poet, playwright, and author Langston Hughes in the early 1960s. What can you tell us about this production?
1: Um, It is Langston Hughes' interpretation of the nativity, with his cultural involvement in all of it. Um, The songs that are used, part of the narrative that is used, is what Langston Hughes had envisioned it as an Afrocentric event. And so that's what you see, and that's what you'll be hearing as you listen and watch the play.
0: It's a two-act play that it sounds like the two... Separate acts are, are quite different. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Okay, well, the first act is about nativity itself and a celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it has a number of different songs in it um, Joy to the World, um, It Wasn't a Mighty Day, uh, Most Done Traveling, in No Room at the End several other songs that reflect what happened with the birth of Christ and the events that went along with it. And there's a little part skit that also includes the shepherds. Mm.
0: So it sounds like the first part is, is a more traditional storytelling with carols that are songs that we may f- be familiar with, but they're, so- they're just simply sung differently in a gospel style?
1: Well, because they are Negro spirituals, Some people may not be familiar with some of the songs, and they are also have, you can hear, the Afrocentric rhythms that go with it also.
2: second act differ from the first then? I guess the second act takes place um, in the church. And even though when you think of church, you think of more hymns, it has hymns as well as um, call and response or um, upbeat songs, but it also tells a story. Well, Langston Hughes so
0: eloquently wrote about Black lives and experiences from the 1920s, I understand, until the 1960s, and this was written in the early 1960s and first performed off Broadway, which was quite, um, you know, really quite remarkable for that time. When did you all first become familiar with this I with see, this production?
1: What you said is a good lead-in because I was, we we're from, I'm from Cleveland. She's from Dayton, and Langston Hughes' production was first performed at the Caramel House in Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. Okay, I saw it a few years after the initial time. Uh, Karen was familiar. Well, I'll let Karen tell you about that part. Of it.
2: My first encounter with Black Nativity, I was in high school. Also
0: in Ohio, which in Ohio. really is so extraordinary. And Langston Hughes was born in Joplin, Missouri, but he spent um, a fair amount of his life. Certainly growing up, he was in Kansas. We'll talk about this in a little bit. He spent one year fairly close to us in central Illinois before he moved to, um, to the Cleveland area. So what, what, what was it about the, the play that so resonated with you that made you recall seeing that when you were in high school?
2: When I was in high school, I was, I was always into dance. So ballet is my first love. And so when I first saw the production and I saw the dancing, I was in awe. I mean, I mean, I always knew of the Christmas story, but to see it told from a theatrical. I mean, it's always been told as a theatrical point of I mean, point of view, but just to see the movement, it was just like, wow. You know, with Mary, sometimes she'll be dancing. And so I was in awe. Well and we hadn't really mentioned that because you know, we've talked about the fact that
0: these this the music is sung in a gospel style, but but we hadn't mentioned the dance and that is such an important aspect of it, it sounds like
2: it is. And it has been so much fun <laughs> with this cast. <laughs> um as we Put choreography together. Um, so you'll see some movements that might be familiar with from Motown. You might see some movements um, from modern uh, ballet. And um, also some current movements that the younger people will be able to identify. They'll be like, oh, is that the Miller Rock that they're doing? Or is that the Moonwalk that they're doing? Not that they're doing a the Moonwalk, but um, it's, it's been so much fun. And um, the cast has been able to adapt to choreography very quickly. Mm-hmm. So did you
0: have to do a lot of your own choreography work for this? Yes. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's so fortunate for us that you come with that dance background. And, and in terms of the music, who, who is your musical director for this?
1: The music director is um, Marshall Glover. Marshall Glover is a very energetic young man. And he brings that energy with him, with practice and the arrangements that we're using for the music. Um, they are very energetic.
0: Yeah. What types of instruments are being used?
1: We are. We have a keyboard. Uh, Extraordinaire, Kellen, yeah.
2: Kellen Myers, as well as his uh, brother Josh. No, his brother is. Can't think of his brother's name, but we've given him nicknames. We call Kellen Fish, and we call his brother Chips. <laughs> so <laughs> we can say Fish and Chips. That <laughs> and, makes it quite easy. Yes. Say. And actually, they're from um, the Quad Cities, as well as Marshall is a native of Rock Island. And, you know, I would love to mention Ashley Dean has been our vocal coach. She's been amazing. She, because um, I know we talked about Marshall, but Ashley Dean has been there also. So, you know, we've had some young people, and they're Marshall, who's a music director, director Kellen, um, the musician, and Ashley Dean, the vocal coach. These are the young people who will be coming. Take well, they already started taking over, mm-hmm. <laughs> but to to blend um, Joseph and I are we're seasoned,
1: <laughs> you know? or, or as, as wisdom. wisdom in African, we are the elders. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I understand that my role and my place in this whole thing is to help build the next generation, hand off all of those things so that they can keep traditions going as well as start new traditions. The the diversity that this play offers, and it offers it to the community, we have a community that's very diverse. And just like we're doing this, I would encourage all the other groups, to put something together and invite us to help enjoy and celebrate the things that they've gone through because a lot of things have happened that we all need to be able to share and encourage each other to get and go to the next level.
2: And this is an all-black cast, I understand. It is an all-black cast, but um, Kellen and, well, Fish and Chips gives it a little flavor. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and
0: are all of your actors and performers are they local? Did you did They're you draw from our community? Yes, yeah, which is really lovely. And and I know you put this on um, several years ago in 2019 was your inaugural run, and then of course you had to take a break because of COVID. So, um, are some of the performers um, repeat actors from before, or do you or you've had a do you have a new cast?
1: We have a number of the individuals that were in the. First performance that we did a couple of years ago and we have some new people that are helping out uh-huh yeah.
0: well i'm really curious this this work has been described as a song play and i um i love that term i was not familiar with it how does a song play differ from a musical
1: as we go through a narration the songs emphasize the things that the narrator is saying And they both are interwoven together to make this um, an awe type of experience. Mm. And we want the audience to come along with us as we travel through the nativity. And especially when we go through the second act where we are going to have the gospel music that we'll relay back to. The Nativity.
0: Mm-hmm. Langston Hughes, who wrote this play, was known for being a one of the original innovators of jazz poetry. So it sounds like there's definitely a perhaps a connection there. And um, I read that that uh, he embraced that be, for for several reasons. But one was um, as an homage to the oral history of storytelling.
1: Yes a good poor part of our history is oral It was not written down. It was passed down generation by generation by the storytellers.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it sounds like, like that's done very effectively here. I'd read this quote, um, that the rejection of some of the written traditions and the emphasis on, on oral histories, um, that people were described as uh, people who embraced this, who were jazz poets, were refugees from the printed page, and I and I I loved that phrase. And uh, you know, Langston Hughes contributed so much to um, to the quality of life. He was very well well known figure in the Harlem Renaissance, and became quite a social activist.
1: Yes, well, yes, definitely a social activist.
0: Yeah. So you're co-directing this production. Together, how did you get your directing experience?
1: I've been involved in theater from when I used to work at Blackhawk College. Went up to Dan Hoy, who was there at the time, and I said, "Dan, I'd like to help you with theater." And he embraced me and said, "Okay, well, come on, help. You can help me do this. Uh, we built sets. Uh-huh. We had a lot of conversation in between building sets."
0: But, the, that, but theater wasn't your primary role at Blackhawk.
1: No, I was a counselor at Blackhawk oh. College, and so he allowed me to see how this worked, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. So I volunteered through with him for a number of different plays, and one day, as a counselor, some of my students came in and said, "We're interested in uh, doing something with theater or something like that," and. Playcrafters had a tryout, so I took them to the tryout. <laughs> and they did their parts, and they didn't have as many people there, so they asked me to read some of this to help them go through their parts. So I read it, and when it all came back, um, the director of the play called me up and said, uh, you said you'd help us in whichever way we need help, right? I said, yeah. He said, well, I got a part for you. I said, well, you know, I really hadn't thought about it that way. So it ended up that I took the part. I was, uh, that was the first play I was in. It was called Fences. Mm-hmm. And I was the brother of the main character who had been in World War II and had some mental issues. And so I got to act uh, abnormal throughout the whole thing. And a lot of people told me, well, you know, they gave you a role that, that was just built for you. That was you. Fitting.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so... What what stage in your life were you in? Were you in when you were doing this? What what decade of life, if if I can ask? And know you retired this was, now.
1: This was about what fifteen years ago. And since then, I've been involved in a number of different plays that they've had. Um, Second Samuel, um, and one year they even had me as Santa Claus.
2: <laughs> Karen, how did you get into directing? Well, I have an uncle who. Um, was a founder of a local theater in Dayton, Ohio, called Creekside Players. And um, you know how when you're young and you're trying to figure out what you want to do in life. And so I kind of had left dance for a while. And he came and got me, and he was like, hey, I have something for you to do. And so he took me to one of their rehearsals, and he said, I want you to choreograph. And from there, I got to do, um, do a little lighting And um, so I was like, yeah, I'm done. And uh, coming to the Quad Cities, uh, Gay Shanna Burnett, she had a group with Rocky, so I helped out with that. And then in the church is pretty much where I pretty much got my directing skills. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor, so during my uh, stint with breast cancer, it became more of a... A way to escape, Dan- yeah, danced that. it, danced it, and even theater mm-hmm. because I was always dancing. But, um, I had wanted to put on this play called uh, Go, Frankenstein, and Simpson Myrrh. And I had went to several people, and they were like, Yeah, I even went to Joseph. <laughs> so, Joseph kept saying, I want to do Black Nativity, and I was like, Okay, well, when you decide to do Black Nativity, I'm gonna help you. <laughs> And so um, it was real interesting. So I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to go into this venue. And if these dates are available, then I'll do it. And the man said, they're available. I said, you've got to be kidding me. And so um, I directed um, Go Frank and Zimmer, um outside of the church. And so there, that's when I became more um, interested in the directing aspect, mm-hmm. more so than the dance aspect. and And it has been really fun, you know, because... You get to be more creative. You get to highlight other people's skills. And that's the great part about directing is highlighting those people who they knew they had a skill, but they were kind of shy with that. And you get to pull it out of them. Mm -hmm. And then everybody else get to see it. And you're like, wow, isn't that awesome? It sounds like it sounds like there are parallels
0: to being a symphonic conductor or something where, you, where you're trying to pull the best out of of your yes. musicians and in this case your act your actors and your and your singers so it's it is so interesting that you all have, are collaborating here but yet you came to the theater from such different backgrounds
1: Yes, yes. yeah yes we did She mentioned a group at Rocky um, and she mentioned gay Shannon Burnett I was in part in, in charge of the stage crew for the plays and things that she did the first few years that we were there. And we've worked with Gay Shannon Burnett. She also was the director of the first Black Nativity that we did back in the uh, 19, between 1990s, late 1990s. Uh,
0: so it was performed yeah. once before, organized by Gay. And she, she's quite an extraordinary woman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I was the producer, and she directed it. Huh. So it was the first time it was done in this area. Mm-hmm. And what Karen didn't tell you, she also danced in it.
0: What do you think it's it will mean to members of our community to be able to come and see this play?
2: Um, them coming to see this play would give them a breather from what we've been accustomed to these last two years. But also, it would give them a sense of, uh, wow, look what I've gone through, but look how far I've come. And a sense of hope. But at the same time, a sense of joy also through this season.
1: One of the things that I also need to say is that we really need to give playcrafters a lot of credit. Um, They were willing to let us do it the first year without having known what all it entails. And they've given us as much assistance as we needed to make it work. Mm-hmm. And that's a major factor in the success of what we're having with this program.
0: It's so nice, isn't it, to have a facility like them. And PlayCrafters is this jewel for people who haven't been there before. It's it's called the PlayCrafters Barn Theater, and it is truly an old barn nestled in the middle of this residential area in Moline. It's located at 4950 35th Avenue in Moline. So just going there, um, just going to the, the the venue itself is quite an experience. And, you know, it's it's actually quite funny, isn't it, that the nativity play is being put on in a barn. It's not quite a stable, but um, close. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So following the production in 2019, of course, you had to take a necessary break because of the COVID-19 pandemic this last year. So what is it like now being able to pull people in together to sit communally around the stage in Moline? How does it feel for you?
1: This is really great for us. During the pandemic, uh, when we could, we had a couple of events where we invited those who were part of the play from the previous year and we got together we were out at the park we did a couple of things and in fact at one of the events we had different people sing different parts that they had sung for black nativity and they really enjoyed it so it just made it that much more exciting to think that we were actually going to get a chance to do it this year
0: i love the idea of you all being mentors you know it it kind of um uh, it, it, it Makes me think of, Karen, when you saw this as a younger woman, um, I, I'm sure that participating in this production for, for your cast and for the vocal coaches and the music directors, it may be a very pivotal experience for them that will continue to have, you know, ramifications down the road. And who knows, that may lead them to, um, to continue, you know, that, that good work and to inspire other, others in turn. Yes. So it, it's just kind of an ongoing cycle.
2: It is. And when you were to ask about what what do people expect to get out of this, again, as we stated, um an experience. But at the same time, it might even encourage someone to want to be in the next production. Because that tends to happen. <laughs> After we finish one, people are like, Hey, can I be in your next one? We're like, Sure. Um, but it the play takes you on an emotional roller coaster and but it's a great emotional roller coaster. It's just you you're like wow. You're sitting there in anticip- anticipation as to what's going to come next. Well, Joseph Obleton and Karen
0: Roebuck, thank you for bringing Black Nativity to our community this weekend and I hope it's a great success.
1: Thank you for inviting us.
0: Don't miss the gospel song play Black Nativity, written by Langston Hughes, which will be performed at the Playcrafters Barn Theater in Moline, Illinois this weekend. Friday and Saturday, December 10th and 11th at 7.30 p.m. And on Sunday, December 12th at 3.30 p.m. Tickets cost $15 and can be purchased online at eventbright.com. You can find the link by entering Black Nativity Moline into the search icon. This has been Carolyn Martin, talking art in the Quad Cities for WVIK.